Welcome to another episode of Dads with Nerdy Ambitions. I'm your host, Steve Pugh, and with me today is Matt from the Eldridge Foundry. Now, for those of you who don't know, the Eldridge Foundry is this amazing program that I've come across, and it's been out there for a little bit, uh, that allows you to custom make your miniatures for any game that you like. If you have the imagination, they have the capability, and they are willing to and very easily can make it into reality. They provide some of the highest quality miniatures that I've ever seen personally. Their program is flawless, and I can't wait to talk to our good friend Matt here about it. So let's go ahead and get into it. Matt, how are you doing today? Great. How are you? How are you I'm, Yeah, I'm doing good. And thank you so much for making the time today, especially out there in Tel Aviv. You know, that time difference right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, oh, wow. Where do I start? <laughs> Lead me through this. I'm very okay, bad. Yeah, yeah. No, no worries. So let's start with um, what, you know, before we get into your the, the actual The Elders Foundry, let's learn a little bit about you yourself. Uh, so what are some of your fandoms? Are you a nerd at heart? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, fandoms. Well, the, the biggest one is probably D&D. That's not a big, uh, a, a big surprise there. <laughs> uh, I started playing... Uh, Middle school, middle school, something like that. Uh, AD and D, and went from there. Uh, a bit of the world of darkness, vampire, all that uh, fun stuff. Um, and other fandoms that I love: Star Wars, obviously. I was a huge <laughs> fan of Game of Thrones up until the show ruined all of that. <laughs> Just all of it. I was going to ask you. I was like, how did you feel about the last season? Most people go, we don't talk about it. <laughs> I, I, I watched three episodes. After the third episode, I said, you know what? My heart can't take this anymore. I'm out. And I, I, I never watched the, the, the end of the, of the season. I just gave up completely. Just, One just, day pretend, the... just pretend it ended after that third episode that you watched. And that's where it ended. I'd rather, I'd rather not. The third episode was really bad. <laughs> really bad. Uh, <laughs> uh, and comic. I mean, all of it. I just, I love... You know, the Marvel stuff. D- Some of DC. <laughs> Some of uh, their, la- their latest movies are somewhat... Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll give them this. I'll, uh, I thought Shazam was pretty good, but it was very <laughs> not dark. So it was very different for them. And Aquaman wasn't bad. Uh, Wonder Woman, the first one, I yeah. enjoyed. The second one, not so much, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I can get behind it. I, I for me, for instance, Batman v Superman. It was a wonderful Batman movie encased in a terrible <laughs> Superman movie. And for me, Ben Affleck is the best Batman, and that's a hill I'm going to die on. Are you? Uh, okay. you know I am absolutely willing to die on that hill. Are you? Uh, are you willing to, to 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 give the the new guy uh, a shot? You know, our our good friend from Twilight. Are you gonna give him any? I, have you seen the trailer yet? The... I I actually I, I saw it. It's see I I'm I have long since given up on saying this guy will be terrible or that dude will be horrible. I give him a shot. Worst case scenario, he's bad, and I don't like the movie, and I move on <laughs> with my life. Uh, I had high hopes for Jared Leto, and that didn't quite turn out. Yeah, well. that, that 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 went. That was just a. I'm I'm hoping uh, James Gunn does the next uh, 
Suicide Squad movie. I think I think it looks good because he what he has like twenty one eight characters in it, and he says don't get emotionally attached. So I, I'm stoked. Oh, what, sure, the polka dot dude, <laughs> whatever his name. I so yeah, so that's uh, that's one of the things I have fallen in love with the Expanse, both the series and the books. They're amazing, uh, and all sorts of things. I mean, I geek out over everything, Critical Role, what have <laughs> you. you. Yeah, yeah, all of those things. Uh, so yeah, I get excited about all sorts of things. That's awesome. It's it's good. And so here's the thing that I, I when you told me you were in Tel Aviv, which was really it, it shocked me. And it's 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 not often that I get shocked about stuff, and I, and I enjoyed it because it it showed even my ignorance in nerd culture. Because when I think about nerdums, I think about the United States. We have all our huge comic cons and stuff like that. Uh, you know, half the movies are, you know, about here. They're about New York City and stuff like that. I know of Games Workshop, which is based out in the UK. So the UK and Ireland are very known for their things. I think of New Zealand and Australia. you got Narnia. you got Hercules. you got Xena. You have Middle Earth. Never once in my mind did I ever think Israel and nerd fandoms and that's cool i love that that's awesome and it just proves the point that this is a this is a culture that is quite literally all over the world and i thank you for that uh, for oh. like that shock i love that i i like that idea um and you the the, the company you and uh the your co-workers you're all out of, out of uh, tel aviv area or uh one of your guys has moved to amsterdam you're saying something like that yeah are you guys completely so- enter all over the world we're pretty much right now since the COVID debacle. Yeah. <laughs> call it what you will. Uh, we're pretty much all over the world. We have some. Our customer support is in the U.S. And they will murder me. I do not recall their exact location. <laughs> they recently moved. They recently moved. <laughs> so, so that's not, not fair. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we're in Amsterdam. We're in Tel Aviv. We're in the U.S. Uh, our production is in China. Our logistical center is in Seattle. We're the world is our oyster. That's awesome. That's cool, and it just shows you how technology is now that you can collaborate with people all over. You don't. You're not mitigated to one singular area to do your stuff. Just like when you're selling your things, it's you know you can sell internationally, and that's very very neat as well. So, what made you pursue this kind of uh, expedition? What what made you say, I want to make miniatures? Oh, okay. That's easy. Um, so it's like this. Um, I am an economist by training, uh, and I worked as a data scientist for a while. Mm-hmm. And while I was working my last job as a data scientist, my uh, partner, Yasaf, uh, dragged me kicking and screaming back into D&D, which I hadn't played since I got back. And... Um, since I hated my job so much, oh God, um, I sort of looked into anything I could do that would make sense, that would let me go pursue something that I love and Mm -hmm. enjoy doing and would make, and would make me want to go to work day in, day out. And, um, we sort of stumbled across this idea that, um, the miniature custom miniature space, especially in D&D, has room to grow and has um, a need for a company that does 
custom manager is in a strong relationship with the community. Um, so that's pretty much where it started. That's awesome. And I, you know, I looked through the website and I, I had fun. I, I'm not even alive. Me and my oldest son, we probably built like four or five miniatures just sitting here like, all right, what are we going to do for this one? Like, all right, we're going to do this. Let's do this. And what I really liked about it is not only do you have your typical races, but you've given them a, a, a colorful name and you've even given them some back history. So you went and almost did that Dungeons and Dragons thing instead of you just saying, hey, here is an orc. Well, you have a background history of this race. You expanded on the lore that is these creatures. And that's that's really neat. That's unique. Uh, what what made you guys decide to do that? Uh, well, for two reasons. One is um, we kind of, when we started out, so the simpler reason is that we wanted everything to have, uh, we wanted our, our creator, our, what we call the Seraformer. Uh, mm-hmm. We wanted to have a history. We wanted it to be very game-like. We wanted mm-hmm. it to be fun and for people to be interested. If people wanted to be interested in it, they could read up and find like little tidbits of lore and things like that. It's kind of, What we had in mind was a very sort of Dark Souls type thing where if you don't care about it, you can play around with it and have a lot of fun and you're good to go. But if you are interested in it and wonder why we call something that name or another uh then you can go back and sort of read through the history and read through the story and sort of find your own way further down the line we would like to be able to do something with all the world we've written uh and we and by we i mean um patrick stewart not that one who is a wonderful, wonderful writer um, for, uh, for D&D and all sorts of things like that, and I highly recommend his work. He okay. is both dark and funny and exactly the sort of the, the mindset we have. I mean, we have like, I don't know, 400 or 500 pages of lore written that I have no idea if we'll ever publish all of it. That's awesome. You definitely need to publish it. You At least, if anything, make a... The Elders Foundry like encyclopedia here for you guys and everything. That so would be awesome. So we do actually have something on World Anvil, uh, which we are working on a partnership with, um, and you can read up on all sorts of stuff there. So oh, if you want to cool. go, yeah, for, definitely. Yeah, look for it on that, World Anvil. That's awesome. Um, so you, you guys have definitely set this path for you, uh, and going through your site, you 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 definitely have this three-dimensional art you offer so many services when creating the miniature uh now we live in this world of 3d printers where everybody can get one at a financially adequate price and i know you guys do offer them uh the stls uh how do you can do you consider because we live in this world of where everybody has a printer do you consider them competition or do you feel like this is something that should be open to everybody, and you like the idea of collaborating. Well, initially when we started out, actually our our idea when we started out, how we pitched this, was that we wanted to have uh, a printer in every local gaming store uh, across the U.S. and have uh, sort of a printer and the integrated service in the printer so you could just um, print on demand in the store. Um, yeah, that didn't, 
so when we started out, uh, the fastest printers out there took something like six hours to print a single mini. <laughs> and, uh, and this is still true today. It's kind of a nightmare to set it up for print. You got to... You got to put supports on there. You got to yeah. tilt it just right. It sometimes you got to make everything train. Yeah, that's, that's that's a lot to and, do. And it smells a bit, and it's it's kind of big. It does smell. Um, the, the printing process. Uh, the, now there are like good resins that smell much less, but still. Um, so that sort of fell through. I I really want to be able, because to be honest, production is a nightmare. I would rather not do that. I would much rather be able to give people just the design and they can print it on their own um, and actually sort of think about it like this I mean 3d printing is an amazing thing it's this like tel not teleporter what's the replicator thing from Star Trek yeah. it's like a replicator just slow and <laughs> it takes a while and it's kind of messy and this amazing technology has this thing where people don't actually know what to do with it. It's reached this sort of thing where we've gone through the hype cycle, we're stuck at a place where everybody looks at it and says, all right, awesome. What can we actually do with this thing? And that's where our platform comes into sort of into motion. Um, so anybody can sort of design his own thing without knowing how to design things. Because if you wanted to design something from scratch, you'd need to in Blender or Maya or what have you, and it's a long process, and even then, you probably not be very good at it. I mean, I've been in this for what two years plus, and I can sort of handle myself in Maya, <laughs> but I can make a Taurus. <laughs> <laughs> there you Maybe. go. You know what? You got better skills than me. Uh, I have a good friend. He does a lot of 3D printing. He makes all this stuff. He actually made me a Mandalorian. Uh, helmet like completely customized based off of like a rancor and he's eventually going to get back to the armor and doing everything else for me and i gotta hound him for it but i know he's been yeah it's so cool uh he has those skills i don't i draw up stuff and i say go make me this and he looks at me and goes all right <laughs> i buy him lots of beer and stuff like that you know <laughs> it's fair I, I have a small printer here uh so this is my attic. That's why everything is so white and has nothing in it. My <laughs> wife has exiled me up here. Uh, I'm in the basement, so at least you're up where there's some sunlight. <laughs> sure, let's go with that. Uh, <laughs> sure. uh, so I have my I have my printer here. So uh, everybody sort of asks me to to print things for them, uh, and sometimes I even do that. There you go. Look at you. Um, so. Obviously, what your plan was for your business and how you initially sold it to where you are now is night and day difference, or at least it's a huge, it's a larger difference. Yeah. Based on where you are now to where you see yourself going, what are the changes that you are, what are your goals for the future for uh, the Elder Foundry? Um, well, our goal for this year uh, is essentially... We have two goals for this year. The first mm -hmm. one is we want to become the mainline competitor. Want everybody, and we want everybody to know us. Mm -hmm. um, we it's pretty sure it's pretty clear that we will not be the biggest dog in the in the pound, as it were. Um, it, this year, um, 
but I would really like to be um, the Avis to somebody else's hurts. Uh, and I want everybody to know our name. And one of the things that we really want to have is um, sort of a, a, a service that everybody knows is good, that everybody knows works harder for you, everybody knows is will we'll take the extra step to make sure that everybody is happy and gets what they want and is responsive. Uh, so that's sort of our short-term goal. Mm. Um, longer term, um, we have some plans on how to further differentiate ourselves and, and also add services that are um, currently unavailable to anybody. Okay. Uh, I can't quite speak on no, that. No, that's all right. Um, because it's a partnership that we're working on, and uh, it's not quite a done deal yet. But right. I hope that by the end of this year, we will have a few things that will come as a as a nice surprise for everybody. I'm, well, you know, what as a you know constant player in the the miniatures games, I'm actually very very excited. I can't wait to see what you guys have. And I've seen your miniatures. Uh, I don't personally have any, however. I have been making them, <laughs> um, but I have other 3D printed miniatures. I have compared them to friends who have done yours. Actually, as soon as I mentioned to several of my friends that we would be talking, they went immediately to check you guys out and ordered at least four or five miniatures. And <laughs> the quality that I've seen, the just even from the shipping itself, the the little boxes that you send them with and everything, I like that. That's cool. That's you. You're already putting that initial difference that it's not just something you're selling to somebody, but this is, hey, we know this means something to you. This is important. We want you to know we care about your stuff as much as you do. I like that. I respect that. Uh, the quality in your miniatures, uh, the the resin it's made with. It's very neat. Uh, it's it's very definitely it's it's a good quality and if there is any issues it doesn't take a lot of just a little bit of hot water just to fix any bends I've seen that I've had that happen with even companies like uh, Games Workshop where their their resin miniatures stuff bends and the fact that your stuff is a high quality that I can compare it to Games Workshop miniatures uh, especially as newer of a company as you are and this is somebody that's been around since 1987 the fact that you're showing that kind of quality is remarkable, and I, I commend you on it. Uh, your prices, I, I will say, even at the STL prices, what you're charging and your prices for your miniature, they're very competitive, and I don't feel like I'm getting... I'm overpaying, and I don't feel like I'm getting something of a cheaper quality. Uh, looking at your website style, like I said, I spent... Even before doing this recording, I, my son and I spent probably about 30 minutes. We made four different characters, and we messed around with the faces. You, you make it very easy to do your program, and it's very, very user-friendly for my nine-year-old son my, to do something. So if a nine-year-old kid can do this, I think you set it up into a way that it's very competitive and very productive. Uh, like I said, I saw, I think you have on, I, I may be off of my numbers here. I think you have what, 16, uh, races on there. Uh, so would, right now, I don't actually remember <laughs> offhand. I had it uh, written down and I, I can't find that piece of that little note. <laughs> that sounds about right. I mean, uh, let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, 
12, 13, 14. So 14 right 14. now. May, male and female, they're they're different, uh, yep. obviously. Uh, we have a couple of races that are uh, hidden away in our um, staging grounds and our development uh, cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do have a few more plans on how to release more races quickly, mm-hmm. quick, in a quicker fashion uh, in the coming days. Um, I mean, we had a huge overhaul of our user interface, which we released um, just uh, two weeks ago or a week and a half ago, uh, which really overhauled everything. So, so now we have time to sit down and get other things that were sort of waiting on that. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. I just started playing. Well, I, when I was doing some D and I made the the Kobold races and i i'm excited i hope you guys decide to get on there and if i can have any kind of influence uh push push nudge nudge <laughs> oh actually cobalt, so we have this long list of races that we know so one of the things that we uh need to add soon is sort of preset races it's kind of mm-hmm. like uh how people have said you don't have any not gnomes halflings yeah either one of them i hate both of them I know this is going to go against the oh. grade. I hate both happens and no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I hate them. I, I hate those. I, I don't know. I, they just irk me. On a personal note. not Anyway. <laughs> We've had people complain. They're like, you only have gnomes. You don't have halflings. And I was like, it's what's it's it's the same thing. It's just hairy feet. It's what's oh, different. Shots fired. I know. <laughs> but then, and then I went into the system. I was like, just start with a gnome and just pick bigger ears and call it a day. And you got a halfling. What's the what's the issue? Uh, so one of the things that we we'll be adding pretty soon is preset races, so mm. we can expand. You, you can go from an orc or a half orc to a bugbear, say easily. You just need the, the relevant hair pieces and eyebrows yeah and your thing um kobolds are essentially tiny dragon yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah they are. With, you're right with they, special they ears yeah uh, no, I, so, I totally get it oh no yeah um, so that yeah, right. so that'll be coming sorry That's, so we'll be rolling out new races far quicker than we had until until now that's awesome yeah no i like i said i i absolutely loved your thing uh and i was just like Oh well, yeah, I guess I could do this, and well, one day they'll be there, I'm sure. But you, you do. You have a lot of options. You have stuff that is very unique too, and uh, the, the, some of the art. I, I liked the battle axe that was actually like a guitar, it, or oh, it was a musical. Yeah. That was clever. I, I saw that and I put it up, and I was like, ah, that's perfect for a bard. I will take no credit on that one. That one is from a collaboration with Max Dunbar. Okay. Who did uh, and you can Google it. He did sort of uh, something. He called it the Doom Bard, with like clout. <laughs> is that how you spell it? The O with the two dots. I don't. Oh, know. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's an um. So uh, did, that's, yeah. I I don't know the name. So anyway, <laughs> so we did that and we looked at it and, and and I saw that and I said, you know what? We got it. We got it. We got it. And I reached out to him and he was super nice and. Uh, such a great guy and he sort of sure use my concept art just put it in the system so you can make the doom bard art in the system uh right now so yeah so that is so, all maxed up that's, that's I mean, cool 
the studio did the modeling. Yeah, no, I, but that's, I, I get, yeah. <laughs> you, that's very cool. You guys, like I said, you guys do a lot of really neat things. Um, so last question here. You know, there are, you, there are other companies out here who do this. And you said, like you said, you're not the biggest dog in in this game but you you know you you have the love you have the passion there uh what makes you different why should from a purchaser point of view should i pick you guys over some of your competitors that's a fair question um from if all you care about is the product um i can say the, the following one is that we pride ourselves on our designs models that we use are top-notch. I mean, we brought in our studio team, uh, Ori and uh, Ben Sweet. We, we have some amazing talent in our studio, people with world-class um, work behind them. Uh, our studio lead, Ori, he did uh, work on the, the Muppets, and he did work on I forget so many other things. Uh, I, I never remember. I'm sorry. I'm so <laughs> our lead rigger, um, our CG supervisor, um, Asaf, he did work on The Lion King. Very the, cool. The, ba the bad one. Oh, but, oh but that's visually, still... visually stunning. Visually amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he was the lead uh, technical director there on that thing. Uh, so our studio does amazing work and i think we set out to make uh, models that were non-comic we wanted as real proportions as we could make on miniatures and uh sort of a higher grade of miniatures um so that's on one side of things on the other side of things on the actual production value um we pride ourselves so First of all, we pride ourselves on choosing the printing technologies that, that we did. Um, it's, a, it's a technology that, as far as we know, nobody else uses. Uh, it's fairly new. At the, it was fairly new at the time when we started. Um, it Essentially, 3D printing, if you played around with it, you know that when you print something, you need to print it on supports. Um, and most uh, resin printers print in one material, and they print out supports, these like uh, long tree-like structure around the model and then you got to snip it and maybe sometimes file it a bit so you get like these tiny pock marks uh kind of like flash like mold lines and flash lines um on regular miniatures um the technology that we use is called uh polyjet and it prints in two materials the resin itself and the supports which are wax and they and the wax melts off so you get these miniatures that do not have these these pockmarks, these support lines. Um, so the production value is higher. Um, we actually had a long fight with where we produce, and they kept trying, because we forced them to buy these printers. We said, no, 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 we do not care. These are the printers we want. This is the technology that we want. Can we get these printers? Um, and I had to fly over to China and sort of argue with them that these are the printers. Um, we, we, we will be adding, by the way, uh, other materials in the near future, both metal and uh, other materials as well. Um, so that's on the production side of things. Uh, and also you get like the nice box, you get the, our, our, our 
dice, um, sort of our D20 with the logo that, that was made by the wonderful uh, Die Hard Dice, um, by the way. Um, <laughs> they are, they're such, they're, they're such good people. Um, so where was I? Oh, so that's on the production side of things. On the other side of things, one of the things, and one of the, our main tenets as a company is that we love D&D. We love the design of things. We love playing D&D. Um, we love the community. It is very important to us to be in good standing with the community. So, like I said, in the beginning, we wanted to put a printer in every store because having good relationships with stores is good for stores and it's good for us. Um, and one of the things that we're doing now is implementing an affiliate program with as many local gaming stores as possible. So any local gaming stores listening to this, feel free to reach out to us. And we would love to have um, to have you signed up for this. Um, essentially, it's this program where um, we give coupons, uh, sort of discounts to the store, where every order made with the store's coupon, the store gets a cut. So that way, we try to bring the online to the retail side of things. So, so stores don't feel left out um, of the online work. Because, that's very commendable. Very good. Um, so yeah, so that's sort of on the good side of things. Um, and finally, I mean, on our side of things, I, I, I don't, you know, I'm not going to comment on anybody else. On our yeah. side of things, we are absolute nerds on, on, and we love this community. We play every day. I mean, I had just today, just today, uh, <laughs> we had this big fight over the new Gothic uh, Unearthed Arcana races. And, <laughs> and, awesome. and abso an absolute near brawl over, uh, <laughs> over which one is overpowered, underpowered, or just right. And, and it's, it's, it's our culture. It's what we love. Um, and we even sort of shanghaied all, all the guys from the studio who did not play before coming to work with us uh, have now since made characters. And uh, there's like, we have our own campaign in the studio and just everybody loves it. So yeah, so we try that's that's awesome, I, and I'm I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little jealous about that. I wish I could get my facility to actually say, "Hey, let's all meet up and play some Dungeons and Dragons afterwards." That's that's kind of a blast, um, which is great because it's it's the one thing I always try to say. Um, we're living now, and I feel like this, and definitely you, I think you can adhere to this. Uh, that golden age of nerdum, where we it's just everything is very easily available. It's very accepted is the best i guess the best way to put it comparatively to back when we were much younger and it's it's night and day difference even for my son he's like wow i go we go talk about dungeons and dragons and i'm like when i was a kid i would have gotten made fun of so bad i was the kid who loved dinosaurs and i was thought the weird one uh but i also lived in virginia which is a very southern state and i'm like the only person in the south that doesn't have an accent so they're all like you, you talk funny <laughs> <laughs> fair enough fair enough I, uh, I remember playing in the basement i mean we, yeah. we couldn't know but if anybody asked us what we were doing we could we, we couldn't ex we couldn't even explain what we were doing 
and now it's there's there's so much out there there's so much yeah. and then you have people and and i i always say this uh joe managilio is like the curse and the pride of the D culture and my reason being is it's not fair that he gets to be that good looking he has to have all that money and he gets to be that buff and then he gets to play dungeons <laughs> and dragons and and it's it's just, it's not fair, but it's also awesome at the same time. It's like saying Henry Cavill, who, you know, The Witcher, a Superman, and he plays Warhammer 40K. So it's. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's I a mean, great time. It's a great. In the past, if he would have admitted to that, he would have been branded as an outcast. I mean, yep. when I joined the army, you, if you admitted to playing D- Dungeons and Dragons, your um, your scores would drop. You would be considered a less um, a, a less qualified uh, uh, candidate for for the army service, and that has been since fixed. But at the time, that was a thing. If you admitted that, you were considered weird. And <laughs> that's crazy. And, that's nuts. I didn't know that. Wow, yeah. that's awesome. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, do you have any last words that you would like to say before uh, we wrap this up? Uh, no, check out our check out our new UI. It's amazing. I love it. Um, orders order stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's you know what? That's the perfect way to end it right there. That's just upfront buy things. Yep, I'm all about that life. <laughs> all right. So let's go ahead and wrap this up then. As always, please like, subscribe, and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are listening to us on Audible or Apple, please remember to rate and review. We're on Instagram and Facebook, so please like and follow us at DNA Pod and at Twitter at NerdDNAPod. And the eventual time when I decide to actually get on uh, Twitch, please come and watch us play or play with us. Uh, follow us at NerdDNAPodcast. And as always, I'm Steve, and with me tonight is Matt. Matt, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. All right. Good night, everybody. <laughs>